So welcome everybody. My final bits with you now are to open up the word of the Lord and lift up Jesus who shows us who his father is in the power of the spirit and changes lives. If you're a Presbyterian church tuning in and you've joined us for our Passover meal, we have resources to share with you. We love you. We know that not many ministers are out there at the moment. We can help you. So do be in touch. We've got Bible studies on Exodus. We can take Zoom calls for you. Let us know. It's our vision to serve churches in Wales and beyond. There's a few things that we need to understand this morning in order to grasp Exodus for the next few coming months. So I'm going to give a little overview of the whole thing. We teach the Bible here. We use the Protestant canon, which is the 66 books in the Bible. And I'm explaining this because some people tuning in might be listening for the first time. The Bible is divided into two chunks. The bits before Jesus was born of Mary and the bits after Jesus was born of Mary. And this book, Exodus, that's a Latin word uh, from the Greek ex hodos, which means going out. This is all about going out and freedom or exiting. And it's a book in the Old Testament. The bits before Jesus was born of Mary. I'm sorry for those who already know all this, but you never know. Some people might not. Now, I'll tell you what's sad in the UK at the moment, and especially in churches, not many people read the Bible anymore. And we can know characters and narratives in films. Uh, I know people who, who know the series Friends Backwards. And if you say a line from Friends, they'll go, that's episode 27 of series 4, and Phoebe said it. Well, people used to do that with the Bible, the Old and New Testaments. They knew the characters so well. They knew about Exodus, and it's sad that we don't know that so well anymore, which is why we're teaching it in church. If you do read the Bible, people today like to read the New Testament a lot more than the Old Testament, and that's sad as well. And I'm going to teach why in a minute. If you've ever asked, why is Owen teaching from the Old Testament? Why are we reading that? I'm glad you asked that question, because I've got some answers. The Old Testament is all about the living God. Father, Son, and Spirit. Who He's like. What He does for people. What He says. And what He wants from us. And the central character is the Son of God, who you know as Jesus. And we want everybody in Cardiff to meet Jesus. And there's things that Jesus does in Exodus which is mind-blowing and life-changing. He reveals His Father in heaven to people, and it changes lives even today. Jesus liked Bible study, and in Luke chapter 21... Here's what he said about books like this, which Moses wrote. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets in the Old Testament, he taught people all the strict scriptures concerning himself. It's all about me, he thought. Then he goes on, and this is what they said about me, that the Messiah, Jesus, will suffer and rise from the dead 
on the third day. Moses was talking about that, Jesus said. And I tell you, we live in a world that needs to know about a suffering Savior who's risen and can share his life with us. And that's Exodus. Here's Jesus again in John chapter 5. If you believe Moses, you're going to believe me because he wrote about me, says Jesus. And you remember Paul's little letter to Timothy, the young minister there. It's best in the King James Version. Timothy, from childhood, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, which is faith in Christ Jesus. What was the Bible that Timothy had? He didn't have a New Testament. He had Moses and the prophets helping him to learn more about Jesus. And we've just had the Passover time and Good Friday. That's Exodus. The lamb slain for sinners. So, that's the first little part. Over the next few months, there's a real chance for everybody here and at home to learn more about the living God. Together, we can go further into being saved and lost in wonder and joy. And Exodus helps with that. The next little thing I want us to grasp this morning is that it's also about people who are just like you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me. And they go through what we go through, with some small differences, but pretty much the same. And I'm telling you that because how many times have we all sat through church thinking, this isn't doing anything for me in my life? Church is a little bubble on Sunday, but my real life is on Monday when my work problems start again, or my health problems, or my family problems. This stuff has got nothing to do with me. That's just this little bubble world. Wrong. These people in the Old Testament were you, and you are them. The Bible's always saying, were you there? Were you there with them? You were. You're experiencing the same things. They're called, this group in the Old Testament, the Ecclesia. That's a fancy word. It means church. These are the church. And your church. Um, there's a whole book called Ecclesiastes about the church. In Acts chapter 7, the apostles say, Moses was with the church and the angel of the Lord. Out, out of Egypt. The church. And the Apostle Paul, in Romans 11, says we, Gentile believers in 2021, have been grafted into this ancient tree. And we believe what Abraham believed. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been grafted into this almighty, everlasting church, which is what they were. And why did I just say that? Because people here need to know that we are part of an unbeatable, unshakable family that lasts forever. And everything is promised to be worked out for the good, for the Jesus people, the church. You need to know that on Monday. Oh man, this is a bad day, but I'm part of something and all things are going to work out for good. It penetrates everything. What this lot went through. Here we learn together to trust the Lord with what we go through in life. It's not bubble Sunday and then life. 
That's transitory stuff. This world, church, lasts forever. And we're a part of it. And we're learning about our great ancestors in this series. Join this army if you're not part of Jesus and his church. We win. We never go down. We win. We're going to see that in Exodus. To be outside of church is utterly bland. What are we living for? Caught up in things that fade like Pharaoh. Watch out for him. He's coming up. Chasing the American dream and then it all just evaporates anyway. No. In church, we sing these words. This is a worthy life. Have you ever sung this? We bear the torch that flaming fell from the hands of those who gave their lives proclaiming that Jesus died and rose. Ours is the same commission, the same glad message, ours, fired by the same ambition. To Thee, Lord, we yield our powers, safe in the arms of Jesus. Onwards, Christian soldiers like these who are about to come out of Egypt and live with their high priest. So that's the second thing. It's just like you and me. So don't think this isn't for us. And then the third and final thing I want us to grasp this morning, it, and we are going to get to the reading, but um, just as an overview type thing, the main thing I want you to grasp this morning is that the Lord God frees people from slavery. This whole series is called Freedom from Slavery. Out we go. In the book of Exodus, Jesus brings the church out of Egypt. And what the Bible does from then on is use that all the way through the Bible as an illustration as how Jesus frees people from all sorts of enslaving habits and sins. So if anybody's listening and going, hang on, am I a slave? If you haven't met Jesus, the Bible says yes. Which is fascinating. And why this book is going to be life-saving. There was an old chap called Martin Luther. You might have heard of him. And there was a slightly lesser old chap, but still an old chap nonetheless, called Jonathan Edwards. And they both wrote lots of things about the Lord Jesus. And they both said this. Humans are in bondage to their will. They're just stuck. And... This might ruin the cameras, but they developed this picture that we basically live like this. We're on this seat, and we're shackled in. Neil's having a fit now. I'm down here, Neil. And we're shackled in. And you can make minor decisions and movements and life choices, but you're stuck. You're stuck. You're in bondage by your will, which seems to be broken. Um, you can't really love properly. You seem to be stuck. Many people are. You may know about God. I did for years and think, oh Jesus, yeah, nice chap. But love him. I can't seem to do that. I can't seem to agree with him. I can't do what he wants me to. And love people as much as 
Myself, I can't. I'm stuck. There's a blockage. And the old theologians called it the bondage of the will. Some people listening, you know there's more to life than wealth. Yet we keep seeking a buzz from it instead of going to Jesus. Bondage. I'll turn over a new leaf this week. It lasts till Tuesday afternoon. Because the heart isn't touched. It seems to be trapped. We know some of us we shouldn't watch certain things. But we keep going back to it for that buzz of life. And it's destructive. Why do I keep doing that stuff? I'm stuck. We know the value of serving others and loving them. We know it, but yet our worldview keeps defaulting to ourselves. We see it on the news all the time. Actually, I don't need the news. COVID-19 has been inflicted on us. But actually, sometimes in my marriage in the last year, I'm the one who's been inflicted onto my loved ones. Have you found that? New ways of sinfulness and selfishness. Oh, this thing about us. Our will's in bondage. And so now you're asking, well, what on earth does the living God do in Exodus to help people who are stuck? Stuck in Egypt and stuck with themselves. Well, I'm glad you asked because now I'm on my last point. He gives us a list of names that all I'm going to do is reread verses 1 to 5 and explain why he does that and how it helps. These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his own family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Nephtali, Gad, and Asher. And the numbers of uh, Jacob uh, were 70 in all, and Joseph was already in Egypt. Why does Exodus start with that? What's that? Why did Moses bother putting that in? Because of this. It's saying this. Welcome to the Exodus book, everybody, Moses is saying. But there's another book beforehand that you're not going to get far with Exodus until you know a little bit about that. And he just starts with this handover from the end of Genesis into Exodus. And he just gives you a list of church names from the book of Genesis. Now, why does Moses want us to be into Genesis in order to appreciate Exodus? Well, I'm glad you asked that too, and I've got an answer to that one. Because in Genesis... God introduces himself. And Moses assumes that we already know that when we get to Exodus. God introduces himself. And that is life-changing. And in Exodus, he just unpacks more about himself. But Moses is like, make sure you understand who the God is before you wade into this one. Volume 2. And here's why it matters that God introduces himself. He relentlessly reveals himself to sinners. And that is what changes lives. There is only one way to stop falling in love with sin. And that is to fall in love with something better than sin. So it just displaces the old affection. And the only being in the world and cosmos that is more attractive to us than sin is the living God. And in Genesis, he's like, hello, this is who I am. Ladies, I don't know if you remember when you first fell in love with your man, if you've got one. What happened to all the other people you liked in Cardiff High School when you met that man? You stopped loving them, didn't you? You should have done. Because now 
you've got this man and all the other stuff has been displaced. And lo and behold, on page 1 of Genesis, the opening words are in the beginning, Elohim, God, created the heavens and the earth. Hello, this is how I want to be known. Here's verse 1 of page 1 of the whole Bible. I am Elohim, the plural God. Uh, in Hebrew, by the way, the plural, the verb there, minimum of two, and we soon find out there's three persons, all Lord, but one God. Like Cardiff City football team, one team, but a few players involved. Or a marriage, one marriage, but two people. Here, God reveals himself as the one who is three and who changes lives. How on earth? Well, to wrap up, there's one seen Lord walking around the book of Genesis and walking around the book of Exodus. And the seen Lord... He's an angel at times. He's a warrior at times. He's always talking about his father. And he's changing lives. And people are like, oh my goodness. You are amazing. And Abraham meets him. And has a meal with him. And bows down to him. And Jacob wrestles with him. Has a fight with him. And at the end of his life he says this. The angel of the Lord has delivered me from all harm. He is God. But here's the thing. That revealed Lord in Genesis and in Exodus closely associates himself with lambs that die. So this group in Egypt have got this Dying lamb Messiah that they've known about in Genesis. And that they're trusting in to be free from Egypt. Right in the heart of Genesis 22, Abraham is promised. The Lord will provide a lamb on this mountain. And now the whole church is in Exodus. They're like, okay, we're trusting all slavery is going to be when this revealed Lord, the Lamb, dies and sets us free. And so to close, I say this. On that same mountain where that promise was made to Abraham, a few years later, it was Mount Calvary. Where God's final sacrifice, the seen Lord Jesus, called the Lamb would die in the place of people who are enslaved to sin. He's led them out of Egypt, and he leads us out of sin and death. It was promised to that ancient church, he is their hope, and he is ours. He says to people this morning, tuning in, still stuck in bondage of the will, not properly alive yet, I will put that on me. I will die like a lamb in your place. I will take your nature to the grave. That old man, that old you, got to go. Riddled and shackled with enslaving habits. I will rise and set church free. I will share my Holy Spirit with you and you will live. So I call everybody to repent and follow Jesus this morning.
as we travel through Exodus. But as you travel through Monday, you trust Jesus and you will live. He will handle your problems with you. Exodus with Jesus' death and resurrection in view. Exodus, we remember that church is safe in the arms of Jesus forever. And that includes you. Exodus, to know that the Father is life. And Exodus, where Jesus, the Lamb, is slain for sinners and liberates us from death. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.